I'm never going to apologize for winning. Breaks a tackle. Now another. He's inside the five. He's into the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. He is sacked. Down he goes. Tyler Hoover breaks away from one tackle. He's at the 20, the 15, the 10. He's got speed. He's going to the end zone. Touchdown, MSU. You're listening to Impact Sports Radio. This is Spartan Red Zone with your host, Dan Tyler. What's going on, East Lansing? You're listening to yet another episode of the Spartan Red Zone. Uh, checking out the new sports studio here with my man Brad Allen. Brad, what's going on? Not much. First time uh, recording in here, and uh, it's a little different, but I like it. We got a little our own little room here. Yeah, for sure. It's nice to have our own spot. We'll just have to get used to the different chemistry in here but we'll be all right yeah there's a lot of chairs for a small of a room there's seven chairs in here four different types of chairs and we got two microphones and we're ready to talk uh spartan football so it's all good yeah man i like it we can switch it up if these chairs aren't working out halfway through <laughs> yeah but the spartans have been you know looking good since going down in eugene against oregon uh just coming off of the big 10 opener big win against previously undefeated Nebraska. Um, but something that's been getting a lot of news from that game, Bo Pelini, head coach of Nebraska, complained to the Big Ten about Michigan State's defense, specifically the linebackers, I believe, uh, clapping to try to throw off Tommy Armstrong's snap count and cadence and stuff. Um, first of all, what do you think about Bo Pelini complaining to the Big Ten about that? You know, I don't know... Um I think it has to start with the offensive line complaining, right? Because I don't think Bopelini's on the field. Um, so I don't know if he's just trying to defend his team or if he's upset about the loss. I think regardless, that game was pretty much out of reach there until the end. But uh, we've watched Michigan State now all season, and we saw them last year too. I don't think much has changed in their defensive strategy. I highly doubt they're, tr- they're out there trying to uh, interrupt the cadence of the quarterback. I think – you know what D'Antonio said, like that's how we move our that's how we shift our line and we do like a number of different things to do that. So, you know, Wyoming didn't complain, you know, neither did uh Eastern Michigan or you know, even going back to Stanford, Ohio State, they never said anything. So, um maybe they just decided for this game to do it, but I doubt it. I I don't think it's really a big concern. No. And, and- and it's something that you know never really thought about until this happened. People clapping, but then you know looking back and remembering some games, specifically Max Bolo from last year, is doing all sorts of communicating all over the field, and he's clapping and yelling and giving out signals and whatever it might be. So, like you said, I don't think Narduzzi's not really the guy to kind of change things up like that. And they've said a bunch in press conferences and whatever. You know, they say, we don't change our defense for what kind of team we're playing. You know, they make different kinds of adjustments slightly, but they're not going to throw a whole new thing in there for Nebraska for just this game after years of, you know, what they've been doing has been working. Yeah, and too, I'm surprised that that's even a rule. I didn't even know that you weren't allowed to do that. Um, Not to think that teams are constantly trying to trick the offensive line into jumping, but... I played football for one year of my life, and 
even before then, I kind of was introduced to the basic rules and of how to play football. And the, one of the first things you learn is you snap the ball when the center, or you start to play when the center snaps the football. So you shouldn't even have to listen to any sound to know that the ball hasn't been snapped yet. So I don't know. I don't even think the rule makes sense, and it's probably why it's never been implemented before. I've never heard of anything like this. No, and I think, you know, like you had said earlier before, I think Pelini's just bitter about the loss, you know. And I bet the offensive line was bitter, too. It was probably the guy that just fell. Remember that false start yeah. thing? He just fell backwards. That was hilarious. It was probably him because he, mm-hmm. he looked pretty dumb on that play, and he maybe wanted some sort of excuse. Yeah. Still, I don't know how clapping would even get that sort of thing to happen. He was off balance and that was like super slow-mo i remember everyone started laughing and i was like i looked away for a second i'm like what happened yeah it was we had to see the, the slow motion replay i feel bad for him though because abc showed that real slow motion replay and uh it really really exaggerated it but it was it was hilarious yeah i, I do kind of feel bad for the kid too because i was on like bleacher report yeah. and espn and stuff it was just funny he had the whole press box laughing poor guy but you know anyways i think we can both agree um that there's really not too much to those accusations yeah we'll see what happens uh tomorrow and of course later in the season see if if this causes other people to come out of the woodwork maybe and say oh yeah no they were (laughs) clapping against us too yeah but i doubt it no and and maybe we'll see it get brought up again if these two teams meet again in the Big Ten Championship game down the road. Which they will. I've called it. I'm sticking to that prediction. I've, I think so, too. I mean, right now Northwestern is leading yeah. the Big Ten West, which is... And that that's looking to be a heck of a matchup, too. That rematch would be um, really, really fun to see, especially you know a month and a half from now to see where both of these teams have progressed. Yeah, definitely. And I'd be, I think... Everybody would be pretty confident going into that game, too. You know, obviously, you're most likely not going to hold a a guy like uh, Abdullah to 45 yards rushing again, but still, I I can't imagine them, I guess you could say, easing up Mm -hmm. like they did the first time around. Another thing, too, though, is it's really hard to beat the same team twice in the same season. I know we're looking way ahead now. There's still, you know, plenty of football for both of these teams to play, but... You know, what comes to mind for me is 2011 where Michigan State beat Wisconsin at home in a really close game, Hail Mary play at the end, and then where, you know, they fell to Wisconsin in another great football game in Indianapolis in the inaugural, as I like to call it, Big Ten Championship game, which is very, very tough blow for Spartan fans. Dude, that was, yeah, I mean, those were like the best two games of the college football season that year, I think crazy games i actually missed the hail mary game i was at a uh, chitty bang concert okay it was it wasn't worth it yeah. it wasn't that good <laughs> unfortunately but i got pretty hype when it happened did i ever tell you the story about how i saw that game no um i was at my how i went home after work and watched with my parents and we saw the play which was not ruled a touchdown originally it was ruled you know down at the one yard line end of the game overtime or whatever and we're looking at the review and it's like that's a, that looks like a touchdown to me and we're all watching my my dad my mom me and some like family friends and 
the official comes out to make the call and he says after the review the call on the play and right as he says that my mom goes to try to turn it up the volume and changes the channel oh <laughs> so my we missed gosh. the call and like we gave her a hard time and it was pretty funny we turned back once we finally because you know comcast digital cable how it takes like 10 seconds to change the channel yeah on hd we get back and we see michigan states ran on the field celebrating so we're like oh it looks like uh they won which is still you know great but we miss i always remember missing the actual live announcement of the call that's crazy but it's pretty funny if my mom's listening i've I brought it up on other podcasts plenty of times. I like to give her a hard time. <laughs> of course. That's funny, man. At least you got to see part of it, though. Yeah. I was, I, my friend had a phone that had one of those, like, sports center apps. Okay. Because um, th- these were back in the days. I didn't have a smartphone. I was still, I was still bumming it. Oh, yeah. Um, so we're at this concert, and the ESPN app is putting the six points on and then taking them off and, yeah. like, going back and forth. and. You can see comments. People are like, no way he's in. Or, oh, he pulled a Doug Flutie. Like, yeah, the, I remember the looking flight. at that ESPN app back in the day when people would. This is like before Twitter was that big. I remember that little forum that they'd have on yeah. the stores and people put their two cents in. Yeah, it was one of those deals. Yeah. And we're just sitting there. We don't know what happened. We're like, what in the world is going on right now? And then finally it put the six points on and said final. And we j- we immediately left the concert. We ran out. We were yeah. in Ann Arbor, Michigan, yelling like "Go Green!" Yeah. <laughs> Just wildin'. But that was that was funny, man. And I, I agree though with what you're saying. Going back to getting back to business really quick here. It is tough to beat a team twice. Um, but yeah, you know we'll we'll have to see what happens the rest of this year. You know they got they got some tough games to to get through. We got some tough games to get through as well. So you know that's all that we can talk about that all down the road. And going back to last week's game really quickly, um, a position group getting a lot of a lot of praise lately in the media is the linebacking core, and uh, you know Tawan Jones especially leading them just looks like a freak out there. I, I mean, at times he looks just like an ath- more athletic, faster Max Bola. Mm-hmm. You know, he knows he knows just as much about the defense. He's just as vocal out there, but he's making plays that Bolo just didn't have the athleticism to make and then you got people like ed davis still hurdling people trying to rush the quarterback which is awesome um even guys like riley bolo max's younger brother stepping in and and making some big plays so what like what have you seen out of these guys so far this season in in terms of growth and and maturity because that was a big question mark yeah i definitely thought tuan jones's performance was uh real good news for the spartans because that was the one area where people were questioning and that's one thing that i had people commenting to me about uh i think it was after the wyoming game and and thinking like i don't know if you know tuan jones is good but i don't know if he's the guy that we want at the mic you know position that middle linebacker spot and today i thought he proved himself the you know the whole defense for most of that game for like we said last podcast 48 minutes of that game were were looking pretty good i thought shalik calhoun also had a good game and the the big performer was Trey Waynes, who for the first uh, three games of the season, three, four games of the season, really hadn't even had his name called once. And he had two interceptions, one of them, you know, sealing the deal and stopping that Nebraska late run. So I thought it was a an overall great day for all defensive, all defensive spots, uh, but specifically that linebacker spot too. Definitely, you know, and, and you know, I think – 
this defense I think is just missing maybe a couple pieces until they can get to where they were last season I think you know they, they need I think the safety play needs to step up um, really missing Isaiah Lewis and you know RJ Williamson's had had a bit of a tough year as well yeah and it's looking and, like it's gonna be um Williamson the number two they're still listening as or yeah um with Monte Nicholson uh, yeah, yeah he's gonna be most likely getting the start this Saturday again so we'll see how that goes he played well though in in you know he's a freshman and usually freshmen don't get much playing time in in our doozy system so it's kind of exciting to to see him out there um you know and that's the thing I think if he keeps getting more snaps he's he's grown a lot already this year and obviously over the summer in camp and I think he can be he can fill in that 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 missing hole right there I think at least um you know hopefully he's definitely a player to watch on Saturday he's gonna have to step up big because like like we said safety play's been a little off Drummond isn't having his best his best season either so you know it's he's gonna have to step up but I think he's got what it takes um but one bad thing about the linebacking core, not what they did, but Mylon Hicks yep. is out, um, f- they said, probably five weeks with a broken arm. Long enough for Mark D'Antonio to talk about it. You know that he, that's his catchphrase is, you know I don't talk about injuries. But I wasn't at the press conference, but you were, Dan, and I guess he was he was right out. He's broken arm, out for five to six weeks. Yeah, everybody was pretty surprised, actually. Um it was like the second question of the press conference. Someone says, oh, you know, I see uh, what happened to Mylon Hicks. And he just goes, you know what, I will actually talk about that injury. Mylon is going to be out about, we think, five weeks with a broken arm. Yeah. Just came right out and said, we're like, wow. And that's going to be a tough a good blow. Uh, and to think, who do you think is going to be the, the guy that's going to have to step in and, and fill that spot or anybody on the defense to kind of step their game up? Um, I think it's it's going to be kind of by committee. Um I know they're talking about Riley getting in there a little bit. Even Monte Nicholson as well might be getting some playing time. Uh, Ed Davis. Ed Davis will be moving around a bunch, but he's a he's a pretty athletic guy. I think he can handle that. Um, you know, it's I think it's just going to be those guys, maybe mm-hmm. a couple other names, getting in there and getting some quality snaps in. Because I mean, Mylon is been in the system for a while he knows what he's doing so yeah i mean well I don't know, what do you what do you think do you think they'll be able to fill that spot well or what yeah i think it's gonna be i i don't know if they're gonna see an immediate impact at purdue tomorrow um i think they're lucky that they have these kind of you know they don't have to go right out against ohio state or nebraska um right away but i think about last year the Spartans had a pretty significant injury to Jairus Jones um, yep. midway through the season, and they were able to sort of still rebound. I think when you look at a Michigan State defense, they don't have the one guy that's – and even last year, they don't have the one guy that they need. You know, they have Shalee Calhoun, they got Twan Jones, they have Trey Waynes, Curtis Drummond on all tiers of that defense. And then we got some younger guys too, I think – um, I've heard some people talking about um, Hicks at cornerback too, um, not Mylon Hicks, the injured one, but um, Darian. Darian Hicks, mm-hmm. and he, I think he's due to have a, a big game and to step up, and 
you know, there's a lot of pieces to this Michigan State defense, and I don't, I want to be too concerned if I were a Michigan State fan about Mylon Hicks, his, his injury. Yeah, I mean, and you brought up some good points. Um, you know, last season with Jones going out, it was like you didn't even notice after a while. Um, you didn't notice any dip in the level of play. Even it got better throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was a big piece. Uh, and even, you know, last year for the Rose Bowl, everyone was worried about Max Bolo being suspended. Kyler Ellsworth comes in and makes, you know, a, like program-defining tackle yeah. to win the game. Um, so it's definitely not just one guy. You're right. So, you know, it'll be a tough blow, but I think there's a lot of different guys that can step in and, and help out for those five weeks and, and you know, hopefully gets back on the field soon and is as good as ever. Yeah, that should be back in time for the tail end of the season and and hopefully a Big Ten championship game. And, you know, there's a lot of things to be excited about for this Michigan State team. I think after the Oregon loss and then the two, you know, kind of cupcake games, people were still kind of, you know, wary on this Michigan State team. But with all the craziness that happened last week, a bunch of big games going on tomorrow. You know, the tide is starting to turn as far as, the the Big Ten and their chance of getting in the playoff. Yeah, for sure. And you know, like you said, there's some big games this Saturday. Um, you got is it Ole Miss and Auburn playing? Mm-hmm. Um, TCU Baylor. TCU also. Baylor. You got A and M and Mississippi State. So there's you know three games right there where there's a solid chance that teams ranked ahead of Michigan State can lose. Yeah. And just like last week was craziness as well. And Michigan State gets to go on the road for the first time since Eugene and go to West Lafayette and play Purdue, who is three and three on the season. And you're gonna be there actually. Yeah, I'm excited to to make the the trip out. I'll be the sole uh impact uh sports personnel making it out there, but We'll see. Uh, get to get a chance to see how they do outside of Spartan Stadium. Yeah, definitely. And, and you'll have to hold it down for me. Yeah, I won't be able to. I won't be able to make it this weekend. But yeah. there's more road games that will. Yeah, hopefully we'll be it's, it's up. looking like Maryland will be a go for us. So yeah. I'm excited about making that uh, East Coast trip too. Definitely, that'll be tight, man. Yeah. I've never been to Maryland as a state. I don't mm-hmm. think so. It'll be all new for me. But keeping focus on this weekend. You know, Purdue is, uh, you know, I would say probably a middle-of-the-pack Big Ten team. Might make a, you know, I, I would guess like, I would say maybe 7-5 and five on the season. And um, that would be good for them. I would call them pesky. You never, you never want to count them out just yet, especially when you got to go there. Any any road game in the Big Ten I think is one that you got to take seriously. Definitely. Pesky is a great word for it. I mean, you know, it, it's... There's no automatic victories. We were talking about it before this podcast. You know, especially in the Big Ten, teams don't just lie down. Even if they're not that good of a team, they're still going to... It's just that, like, Midwest grit. Like, they're going to give you the effort. And you know if you're not on your game, you're going to have to mm-hmm. step it up or lose, pretty much. Yeah. You know, and, and this is the same team Michigan State was on a roll last year. And... uh I think game seven beat them only 14 to nothing. And this is a team that went one and 11. So not the best Purdue team 
we struggled with last year and we were Rose Bowl champions. So definitely got to be on our game. Uh, Football's a crazy game. You never know what's going to happen, right? Just like D'Antonio yeah. started off the the post game at Nebraska with. It's a crazy game. Um, you know, they're coming off of a pretty solid win over Illinois. And again, Illinois is not the best team, but they they just gashed them. Uh, rushed for 300 and I want to say 49 yards. Um, you know, even Akeem Hunt accounted for 177 of those. That's a pretty big game. Yeah. Uh, and their sophomore quarterback making his first start for uh, in replacement of Danny Etling, Austin Appleby is his name, had a pretty good game. Yeah. You know, looking at his numbers, 15 for 20, pretty efficient, 202 yards and a touchdown. 62 rushing yards, two rushing touchdowns too. Yeah. So. And the dude is 6'5", 230 plus, so he's a big boy. I. I mean, I was surprised to see him put up those rushing numbers like that. So, you know, I think uh, this team maybe is finding the groove with a new quarterback a little bit. Um, yeah, exciting. It's always a, you know, who wouldn't want to get the chance to upset a top ten team in their in their home stadium? You know, that's definitely. A, you know, they're going to be coming to play. I'm sure about that. I'm excited to to see what the atmosphere is going to be like there in West Lafayette. For sure, and yeah, I mean they'll be hyped there. I know a couple kids that go to Purdue, and they just they want to beat us. Mm-hmm. Especially you know a couple kids I know from East Lansing, and they would just love to hold that over our heads. Um, but something that I think is gonna be interesting to look out for. Uh, Connor Cook was probably the unhappiest quarterback I've seen in a post game winning press conference. Um, you know, he was pretty mad about how they let Nebraska back into the, into the game. And also, for a guy who had been so efficient throughout the whole year, really wasn't that efficient last Saturday. Mm-hmm. Um, although, he did put up good yardage. So, when he when he made the throws, they were some fantastic throws. I mean... Yeah, he had one throw. I think it was to Tony Lippett. And mm-hmm. it was something that I've seen from him a couple times this season. It's just like great coverage by the defender but he throws it there anyway in the perfect spot like just an absolute perfect throw i mean there's been i don't want to get too ahead of ourselves but there's there's been times where everyone in the press box kind of just like nods and looks around that was an nfl caliber throw and and he's been making throws like that he's definitely shown some flashes of i think maybe like first round talent definitely Um, i think i saw something um that had mariota Maybe one other quarterback, and then Cook were the th- first three to go, all in the first round, and one of the in the mock drafts. It's never too early to start talking NFL draft. No, no, I'm yeah. sure somewhere, someplace, probably, someone is talking about like yeah. the 2017 NFL draft. I think already. they have an ESPN is coming out with ESPN four, and it's just an NFL draft channel. It's just Mel Kiper's <laughs> network. That would be hilarious. Just wait until we get to ESPN eight, the Ocho. Yeah, one of these days. Um. But, you know, he's he's going up against a pretty solid and experienced secondary. Um, Purdue's got got some guys there that know what they're doing. Uh, they gave us trouble last season as well. So um, do you expect him to be hitting Lippitt a lot? I mean, because he's going into unfriendly territory against a good secondary, and he has spread the ball all over the field this season. But 
it's obvious that Lippitt is his go-to guy. Yeah, I mean, it's a little bit deceptive against Nebraska because I think they only maybe threw at Lippitt four, three to four times, but every time it was a big play. Um, but for whatever reason, it looked like Connor Cook was just was just locked into number 14 and that he is clearly the first target. Mm-hmm. But there's so many other uh guys to go to so i think definitely they're going to look to lip it early and if they're having success they'll stay with it but they also you know i think they're going to continue that mcgarrett king's package they got where they they're running those re- crazy reverses i know they ran one to lip it uh last saturday too but again just so many weapons on offense i'm i don't even know where to begin to to think you know who's their go-to guy but i would say tony Lippett for sure yeah, and, and you brought up those end rounds. They've used those with like five different receivers this year. You know, they had that, that big one to lip it on Saturday. Um, Garrett Kings gets them a lot. RJ Shelton gets them a lot. Um, not Burbridge. Who else? Someone had a touchdown run. Mumphrey had a touchdown run off an end around a couple games ago as well. Um, so, yeah, they're doing a lot with these receivers. And, again, I know it's over a year ago, but it's crazy to think at the start of last season that was, like, our worst or second-to-worst group mm-hmm. was our receiver receiving core because the previous season they were just dropping everything at them, running bad routes. Now, you know, they're one of the deepest receiving groups in the nation, I think. Um, don't have that one guy that's, you know going to be a Bolitnikoff winner or anything. But well, Lippitt is, I think they just added him to the watch list for that. And well-deserved, for yeah. sure, because he's putting up some big numbers and on not as many catches as other people, right. too. He's got a lot of big plays. And a lot of those games, too, He's they're taking him out of the game at halftime because they're blowouts. And this was really the first time that we saw Michigan State's first team, you know, skill position players in for the whole game um, other than the loss at Oregon. So if they keep looking to Lippitt, I think he might be a sleeper for that Bolitnikoff war. I think the first Bolitnikoff for Michigan State since Charles Rogers, maybe? Probably, yeah. I can't think of anyone else. Charles Rogers, man. That dude was so awesome in college and then... Yep, what happened to him? smoking too much weed yeah, probably yeah and probably there's probably a whole bunch of other stuff but anyways going back to the game on saturday let's let's just jump into it score predictions all right um well, do you do you have pulled up uh the way too early ones i do let's, let's hear them all right dan tyler 31 to 10 michigan state anthony serafino at 35 to 7 uh, from our Lions Den podcast, Michael Heiger, he had 49-14, and mine prediction was 31-3. And so I'll, I'll pick an MSU to win big, it looks like. Okay, okay. I, I like the sound of those predictions. They're all kind of in the same mm-hmm. general area. Um, are you going to stick with yours? What do you think? I'm just, I just can't believe... Um, I didn't even realize it till now, but I'm pretty sure um, my prediction last week would have been dead on had Nebraska came back to win. I feel like I had 28-27 or something like that. It was something like that. Because we were joking about it in in like the second quarter, and we were like, oh, if Nebraska comes back to win by one, I'll be exactly right. And yeah. But we were joking like, oh. But we were like, ha-ha, what if it that happens? It almost did. 
Jeez, um, you almost jinxed I don't it. think Michigan State's going to get upset. I think Purdue will probably score more than three points. I think they might get uh, 10. And I think Michigan State's going to roll a little bit more in this game. I think they're going to come out angry. And so I'm going to go with um, 45 to 10. And here's my bold prediction of the week. I think Damian Terry gets his first career touchdown uh, against Purdue in some way, maybe rushing, receiving, or 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 throwing. But I think it, I think Damian Terry is going to get a touchdown in West Lafayette. Okay, I like it. That is a bold prediction, but you know I wouldn't put it past them to throw a little wrinkle at at Purdue and and put Damian Terry in a package or two because we haven't really yeah we haven't other, seen it yet. You know yeah we haven't seen him in these packages with the first team like. You know, D'Antonio said in the offseason that they're going to sprinkle a little of that in, so maybe they've just been waiting on it. We'll see. That would be awesome, though. So let's see. I'm trying to think for mine. I I agree with what you said that I think uh, Michigan State's offense is going to do definitely a lot better than they did last season, putting up more than 14 points. I'm going to say 38-10, so add seven points for my my original score i think um langford is he had a pretty good game last saturday i think he's going to keep rolling because just like last season when he's when he got hot he stayed hot and i think you know big 10 season is his and he's gonna i think he's gonna put up some big numbers uh i say probably over 150 yards rushing a couple of touchdowns um and yes yeah, spartans rolling off the dub Getting it, getting it to two and zero in conference. Yep, and we'll, then they're going to stay in Indiana, not for the whole week, but they'll be right back there for the following week in at in Bloomington. So I said it. I think I said it before. If they can come off these two road games with convincing wins, I think the argument for them um, to to be to to be in that top four, of that playoff, is going to be looking good for them to win out. Definitely, you know, and. Like you said, if, if they look pretty convincing after these two games, heading into rivalry week against Michigan, uh, I think we'll be right back in that conversation officially. You know, we're kind of on the outside looking in still right now, but you know, we could be fourth or fifth in the nation after a couple of weeks if they go and take care of business like they should. Just because, like we said, there's some big time matchups going on. You know, top five, top ten matchups this week. So people are going to drop. Can't have two winners in the game. So they're in control of their own destiny. Yeah, they went out. They went out. They're in. Um, you know, and, and if not, then that would be unfortunate. But they they got to handle. They got to take care of business tomorrow. That's for, first things first. So what's the? It starts here. Yep. Yeah. That's the the 2014 motto, and it, it does starts tomorrow. Just another game. Got to chalk down another dub, and you know, hopefully, you don't go out there in vain and can and can see one. Oh yeah. All right, we're gonna sign off here. Uh, what what was your score? Forty five ten. Yep, forty five ten, and you had thirty eight ten. Thirty eight ten. So keep those in mind. We're gonna be both around the same thing. So hopefully, we're right. Yeah. All right, take it easy, Lansing.